HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Culture and Flavor is a podcast about food and culture centered in Black and Indigenous foodways. Hosted by myself, Zella Palmer, right here in New Orleans, Louisiana. Each episode features high vibrational conversations with cultural bearers, chefs, farmers, scholars, barbecue pitmasters, and more. Where there is flavor, there is history. Join me on Culture and Flavor and all of my guests as we share stories that will have you praise dancing, cooking, conjuring, and inspiring your culinary journey. I'm so excited, y'all. Today, uh, we have a very special guest, a legend, a New Orleans legend, um, a street food vendor legend, the legendary Miss Linda Green, the Yakamine Lady of New Orleans. She is beloved New Orleans icon. For more than 20 years, Miss Linda has delighted taste buds with her delectable classic Yakamine dish and other soul food dishes, always infused with her signature Miss Linda Soul Food Seasoning Blend. Her dishes and favorites are at local second lines, Thursday night concerts, and at the Ogden Museum and many local festivals. Some of you all have even seen her on Netflix, on guest appearances with Anthony Bourdain. I mean, the list goes on. If you could see her at the Jazz Festival right here in New Orleans every year, I am so honored and humbled to have her on my first show. So welcome, Miss Linda. How you doing? I'm fine, Zello. How you doing? It's so good to have you here with me. I'm so excited for this podcast and for us to really get to know you better. Because a lot of people, I know you. Mm-hmm. A lot of folks in New Orleans know you, but some of our listeners might not know who you are. So right. I want to talk a little bit about just your early life growing up in New Orleans. And I know we talk a lot just, you know, in general, just me and you about the influences that your mother and grandmother had on your journey to becoming this New Orleans icon and just people from all over the world come to New Orleans for your Yakamine. So tell us a little bit about just growing up in New Orleans. Well, um, I got a lot of this um, experience from my grandmother and my mother, my great-grandmother. 
and her daughter, my mother's mother, and my auntie. I got all of that from them. Um, they were cooks. And my mom, she definitely was a cook. You know, I used to say help her all of the time when she do catering jobs. Uh, she cooked for churches. She cooked for judges. Uh, cooked for people on St. Charles Avenue. She did all of that. And I learned a lot from her. And I appreciate that, you know. Um, and growing up, you know, it was always food. Always food in the house. That's what we grew up on, food in the house. And I appreciate that, what they did. But your mama, uh, she's the one who taught you the legendary recipe that you have, has been passed down from generation to generation, yakamine. Tell us a little bit about yakamine and just the origins and how it came to be so sacred to who you are. Yeah. Well, really, you know, my mom, my grandmother, others, parents and grandparents, they all in the black neighborhood, they all had this recipe. A lot of people, black Americans, had this recipe in their household because it was classified as a poor man dish, yakaman. You know, it's Chinese, it's a Chinese recipe, but you can call it a Chinese black American recipe because that's what it is. You, you know, you got to understand that they were slaves. And the Chinese were slaves and the black Americans were slaves and they got married. You know, and they got into the kitchen together. But what happened with us, African-Americans, what we did, Black Americans, we elevated the taste. We put our own spices and herbs in it, and we brought it to another level. And, you know, like I said, it was always classified as a poor man dish. So what are your, some of your fondest memories of making yakamine with your mother and grandmother? And I remember, I think yeah. I remember your, your mother was telling you, you know, you got to hold on to this recipe. Yes. Well, my fond memories when I was a little girl, when my grandmother was living on, well, it's Aretha Castle Haley now, but it used to be called Jackson Avenue, Jackson and Dry. And my grandmother used to cook, they used to cook her and, my, her, and her daughter, my auntie. They used to cook yakami. But the aroma was so high to people used to, they knew when Mama George and all of them getting ready to cook. So what they did, uh, the people used to come with their bowls, 21, 26 drives. That's what it was, 21 on the call, the first house. And they would come and uh, sit on the porch until Mama George and them get through. But then they would come in on the go to the side of the house and go to the kitchen, and it would help her, you know, make the bowls for everybody to sit down on the porch. And they used to call it porch popping. <laughs> That's what they used to call it, porch popping. And, you know, everybody sit down and shoot the breeze, you know, talk about this and talk about that. And they would eat yakami. So now my mom, how I got to, to do it with her is when um, she started selling yakami. My mother was making yakami. And it had a bar, um called Bean Brothers. And Bean Brother was uh, a close family uh, friend. My grandmother used to keep Bean Brothers 
for their mother while their mother was going to work. So that's how close we were. But then they had a bar. And my mom used to sell it out their bar. And, you know, we used to, she used to make money off it. And we used to tell my mama, Ma, you need to quit your job from Orange Parish School Board. She was the cafeteria lady. And my mama told me, she said, I'm not losing my retirement. She said, maybe one day you can use it. And she was right. But I never knew she was right until Katrina hit. And then when Katrina hit, she was absolutely right. It changed everything. It changed everything. Uh, We lost our jobs with Orange Parish School Board. And I lost the job. And once I lost the job, I didn't know what I was going to do. So what I did, you know, I sit down and thought about it. And I went out on faith, and I never looked back. You know, I started using, now I'm going to tell you, I started selling Yakimi on the streets before Katrina. But I had a job. I was working for, I was one of the school cafeteria ladies too. So, you know, um, I I have fond memories of growing up and Mm. going to um, school and the lunch ladies, you know, were so integral to, um, you know, black schools, indigenous schools, um, Latinx schools, you know, I, they cooked in those, in the back of the, in in those kitchens, you Mm. know? And and so when when Katrina happened in New Orleans, you know, a lot of not only did they get rid of the majority African-American teaching uh, teachers, they also got rid of, you know, the lunch ladies. Right. And all the staff that came along with that and made it into charter school. So, you know, with that, not only did you tear down, you know, the foundation of, you know, a lot of people who provided um, services, whether it was community services, social services, et cetera, you know, they also took that away from um, children, you know, because lunch ladies in New Orleans has such an integral role in helping at-risk youth. Right. Yes. yes, And I want you to talk about that a little bit because, you know, we're talking about, you know, where you have gumbo and grilled cheese every week um, in New Orleans. That hot meal means so much when sometimes you might not be able to get that meal at home. Right. Yes. So I want you to talk about just your role as a as a lunch lady and what you saw. Well, we was the pillar of it. You know, in the lunch, uh, in the cafeteria, we was the pillar of it. And uh, I never forget one of the board members always said that the lunch lady was, the cafeteria ladies was the social workers, which was true because we used to always talk with the kids. We talked with the kids. A lot of kids came to us with a lot of trouble that they had at homes or whatever. And we was able to, you know, talk to them to try to let them know, you know, what time of day it was, how much that we loved them and stuff. Because a lot of them used to come through the line all day long, every day, every day, and be telling me all the time, we love you, Miss Green. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Green, you know. And I enjoyed that. I'm going to tell you, I really miss that. Now... Uh, as far as concerning about uh, Katrina hit, when Katrina hit, it devastated 
everyone who was working for Orleans Parish School Board because it never reopened. It never reopened for no one. And even though I was cafeteria lady, I felt bad. And how I felt bad because I felt bad for the principals, the teachers, secretaries, uh, the nurses, the vice principals, coaches. I felt bad for those people because those people went to college for their jobs. And Orange Parish School Board never, never called no one back. No one. Then came the chartered schools. Okay. And uh, believe it or not, a lot of people, they had a lot of people was getting retired. When Katrina hit, a lot of people was getting ready to retire, you know. And they were grateful that Jefferson Parish opened their doors to let the people who was getting ready to retire and let some of the teachers come and teach in Jefferson Parish. That was a good thing, you know. Um, so it, it, it was devastating. It really, really was devastating mm-hmm. that um, that they never did call us back. So I didn't, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. So by me selling Yakami, I had to really find out what I had to do because that was my livelihood. So what I did, I went out on faith and never looked back. I started selling on the streets of New Orleans. Let's go back and talk a little bit more just about Yakami and what is it for those who don't, who never tried Yakami before. <laughs> you know, um, when you look at some of the historical records, you know, Storyville in New Orleans, the famous um, neighborhood where jazz was born on Basin Street. They mm-hmm. actually had a small Chinatown and they used to Chinatown. sell Yakamine, you know, out say. of there in that, back in the uh, 20s and 30s. And, you know, we found a photograph in the historic New Orleans collection of mm-hmm. one of um, those small little Chinese restaurants where Chinese immigrants were working with black cooks and, mm-hmm. you know, selling Yakamine after jazz sets, you know, after leaving a brothel, a late right. night, that old sober, you know, you got a cold, you go and get yourself some Yakamine. Tell us exactly what goes in your Yakamine, especially because your Yakamine is the bomb.com, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, uh, we do have, um, we did have a, a Chinatown. And Chinatown, I I have an article dated back to 1901 about Yakami. And believe it or not, you know, like I said before, you know, um, it was in the black bars and it was in the black homes and the Chinese homes and bars. But what happened was, like I said before, we elevated that flavor. We elevated that. We put our spices and herbs into it. You know, a lot of people would um, go into the bars, the black bars, and they would enjoy themselves, dance, you know, drink. And, you know, they would, at the end of the night, Everybody get them ayaka meat and fried chicken. That's what they get every night. So, yeah, we took that. And we, like I said, we elevated that flavor. And that's how that yaka meat became so popular into the black community because we kept it in the houses. And another thing what I want to say is this. 
a lot of black families had it, but I had a lot of black families members let them die with it. I didn't let my mother die with that. I always had it, but my children is the one that took it off her deathbed. They did that. They went to our radio shack and got a tape recorder, and they recorded it. You know, I have a daughter that she's very precise, and she wasn't about to let my mama die with it. Hmm. But my mom told me, you know, when we was telling my mama she need to uh, quit her job, my mama told me, she said, I can't die. This is my retirement. She said, maybe one day you can use it. And unbeknownst to what she said, I never dreamed in a million years that she was right. After Katrina hit, I had to do something because I had kids and it was my livelihood. Mm -hmm. So like I say, I went out on feet and I never looked back. Um, Yakamita is something like a pho, if you know about pho. You know, it's a noodle. It's a noodle soup, you know. And uh, but we, like I said, we did this. Um, it's noodles, meat, a hard-boiled egg with green onion. But really and truly, what it's really, really about is about the juice. It's that flavor. That's what it's about, the flavor. And, you know, when I say what we did, we put our spices and herbs into it. And when we put our spices and herb into it, we explode that mouth, that tongue, we explode that. I know that's right. Because, you know, I always tell them about myakami. Myakami is like this. It goes into your mouth and hit that palate, that tongue, but it goes to the brain. And when it goes to the brain, it come back to the tongue and say, I want more. And that's how my Miss Linda, the Yakami lady, Yakami is. It is delicious. You know, um, when I was doing it on the streets with the second lines, you know, the people used to look for me. Uh, I may not be able to catch the next stop. So everybody, you know, would say, y'all seen that Yakami lady? And that's how I became the Yakami lady. When they used to say, where she at? <laughs> Where she at? We want the alchemy lady. When I do get a chance to get to the next stop, I done sold out. And they'll get, oh, they get so mad with me. But that's all right. I tell them I'm going to catch you next time. But um, this is a journey that I'm on. And um, I love the journey. And I got a lot of more stuff to come out with. You know, I'm, I'm doing it. You doing it. Yeah, and, I'm doing it and I enjoy it. And you know, Yakamine led you to meet so many superstars. Mm. Earlier we were talking mm. about how you cook for Willie Nelson, you cook for Bob oh, yeah. Jovi, everybody. Anthony Bourdain. Tell mm-hmm. us about just about some of those experiences. Well, what happened was after Katrina hit, I was doing catering for Tipitinas. And Adam Shipley. Mr. Roland and Miss Mary, they let me, they let me come. I lost my job with the school board. They let me come. They brought, well, I was with them for Hurricane Katrina. 
at um, Stacy Fountainberry Mother's House and Mother and Father House in Lafayette, Louisiana, the night of Hurricane Katrina. That's who I was with, Tipitina's in it. So they knew that I lost my job. So they told when I when the hurricane was over with, and they brought me to Houston, Texas, to pick to go to my children. They, I guess, they discussed about me losing my job. They told me to come back in one day, in one week, and I did. And they let me feed the disadvantaged musicians that come through, and you know, with tipatinas. And I did that, and I had the lines around the block. <laughs> I had the—I mean, I cooked in tipatinas, and I fed the disadvantaged musicians, and then I fed everybody that's participated with them, that performed in that. And I mean, when I say perform, Willie Nelson, Carmen Electra, mm. Bon Jovi, mm. Robert Plant. He loved my crabby dressing. Yes, he loved it. Ooh, don't even start talking oh, about that crabby dressing. Yes, that, that's my favorite. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, everybody. I mean, the guy from House, you know, and I'm, I'm serious. Ola Duro, Nas Daddy, you know, um, what's his name? Snoop Dogg. Um, a lot of, I mean, everybody that then came through. And I'm talking about local and international stars that I have fed. Um, everybody that came through there, a lot of them requested me. And I, that's the part that, you know, they still requested me. We just did a gig the other night over there. Uh, it's still doing things over there to Patinas, you know, and I appreciate them doing that for me, you know. Uh, but it's just something that I love doing. I love uh, I love what I do, you know, and I'm I'm leaving a legacy for my family. You understand? And um, I don't know. It's just something that you know is going to continue, and I want my family to continue to do this. Because at every, mostly at every event, you see your children, your grandchildren right. out there. You know, it's a family affair. It really you is. Know? And after, you know, we had with Miss Willie Mays, we, told, we were talking earlier about Miss Willie, Willie Mays. You know, we have a legend. We have, we have a legacy in New Orleans of black women who were either caterers, um, tavern owners, bar owners, right. restaurant owners, you know, street food vendors, and they, they're they icons. You right. know, we had Miss Willie Mays that passed away. We had Miss Leah Chase, who right. also um, passed away recently. And really, you are one of the, yes. the the last ones from that generation that knows how to ha- knows how to cook that old school flavor. Well, you know, they have a lot of other ones that they haven't never named, but uh, they put me under Miss Leah Chase. Um, Women Power of New Orleans, and they put me under what Nina Compton and both of the Susans, Poppy Tucker, um, you know, and they got me under that. You know, they got my picture and my name there. Plus, me and Miss Leo Chase, we have a picture, and Paul Pudong, we have a picture in the United um, Medical Center that. When it first opened up, I have a picture 
of me, Miss Lil Chase, and Paul Putum on the third floor on in radiologist. A lot of people don't even know that. <laughs> they don't even know that my picture is hanging up in there, you know. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, they classify me under Miss Lear Chase. And they tell me that, you know. But I don't say anything, you know, because what I'm doing is my livelihood. I want everybody to understand that, you know. And I do have to say this. I have bills to pay. (laughs) (laughs) I have bills to pay. So, you know, even uh, Emerald had told me uh, one time, they're watching you. And I say, yeah, you too. And uh, he kissed me on my jaw. I got the pictures and everything for that, you know. Um, I really enjoy, you know, watching him. Plus... um, Oh, the one who died, Anthony Bourdain. Mm. He came to me. Someone came to Jazz Fest and stuck their head up in the window and said, Anthony wants to taste that yaka meat. I say, Anthony who? And they say, Anthony Bourdain. I say, well, let him tell him to get ready. So uh, we did get a chance to uh, be on Cajun Country. We're going to take a break right quick and be right back with Miss Linda. Thank you all. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. So we're back with Miss Linda Green, the Yakamine Lady. Hi. <laughs> Hi, everyone. So we were talking about, um, what were we talking about? We were talking about Anthony Bourdain. Yes, we were talking about Anthony Cajun Bourdain. Cajun country. That's right. We were talking Cajun about Cajun country. country. I was, um, you know, I was up uh, episode with him. And like I said, they came to my boot at Jazz Fest and stuck their head in the window and said, Anthony want to taste that. And I said, who is Anthony. And they say, Anthony Bourdain. I said, well, let him come on and taste it. So we did get the pleasure. I did get the pleasure of meeting Anthony. And um, we talked, you know, um, we talked about um, the food. And Anthony said he never tasted nothing. He had been all over the world. And he told me, he said, I never tasted nothing like this before. You know, it was, he said it was strange. He says different, but he loved it. He'd say, I love it. 
And I really appreciated him, you know, telling me that. And then um, me and him was talking about my son. My son had died of a drug overdose. Mm -hmm. And Anthony was telling me about his drug addiction. And he had said, he pointed out to me about his child. He had a, a child. And he told me, he said his daughter was the one that stopped him from using drugs, you know. And I was kind of like shocked that he would actually, you know, talk about this to somebody, mm -hmm. you know, that he don't know. But uh, he did. He talked about that with me. And I appreciate him, you know, letting me, you know, know. But, you know, everybody knew. But uh, when I was telling him about my son, you know, I guess it related with him. And I appreciated him comforting me with that. But, um, yeah, I'm in all types of newspapers from all over the world. And when I say Huffington Post, everywhere, everywhere. And that led Rolling you to... Stones, everywhere. And, but that also led you to um, have, you know, film appearances. I mean, you were in Street Food on Netflix. You know, you've been in Your in Honor. honor. <laughs> you know, Talk to us a little bit of, about that. I didn't. I didn't fed a lot of uh, movies. Um, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of people come to New Orleans because they say, "I saw you on Netflix. I yeah. saw you well, on Your Honor." But right now, um, I have people from all over the world is coming to New Orleans, coming to my city to see me, plus to eat the yakimi, plus to eat the food. In the city of New Orleans, I have a lot of people. Uh, once I did the Netflix uh, Street Food USA, uh, they always did bring it in other countries, but they decided to do one in the United States. And New Orleans, New Orleans was one of them. And they came to me, even though we have other ones that's in New Orleans in street food. But I was the main character, and they told me this. They said, we have other ones that's going to be in here, but you are the main one that we are filming, because they filmed me two weeks. And uh, it's been powerful, real, real powerful. I get calls from all over the world every day, all day. I get messages every day all day. They're letting me know that they'll book their flights. They're coming to New Orleans. I have people coming for Jazz Fest. I have people come. They are in here today. I'm on this podcast, but my grandchildren is doing a pop-up as we speak. And we have people from all over the world is in New Orleans now eating yakimi right now as we speak. I love that. And one, yes. of, one of the things, um, you know, the, the highlights of my Mardi Gras is always helping you get ready, you know, around Christmas time, you know, you usually have your, um, you founded a, a, a second line club, you know, mm -hmm. and helping mm -hmm. you get ready there so you can, you and the club members can walk out and yes. second line in the streets, right. you know, and that's your time. And you were also the fairy, I was it, the green fairy for yeah, one of the, the Mardi Gras. Yeah. yeah. You were the queen. Yeah, the queen. Talk fairy. a little bit about that. I was excited when they called me and asked me about that. And, uh, it was beautiful. I mean, that was a beautiful ride. But I was the queen for the 
Camatoe ladies. And that was a beautiful ride going up St. Charles Avenue. That, you know, a young black girl being a queen going up St. Charles Avenue. That was the, oh my God, that was a delightful. Mm-hmm. Very, very delightful. But I have a club that uh, me and my husband, my ex-husband, we founded. And it was called, at the beginning, it was called the Rollers. The roller court, the rollers in the roller court. But now that, um, you know, I, uh, we had divorced and uh, I kept the club and it's called the lady and men rollers now. So anyway, uh, it's what, this going to be our 29th year, 29th, 30 year. And this is something I love doing. I love preparing Every year in December, we are the last parade of the year in December, the last Sunday. And I love that, you know, but I got to tell y'all something. I don't suck a lie. (laughs) I sit on the call, but my girls, they get down. I mean, they're rolling. They be rolling. And I love it, you know, and I have have invited guests. I have uh, the, the pussyfooters. The party line ladies, you know, I have those people that come in and, you know, I, I enjoy inviting people to come and uh, enjoy the parade with me and my girls, the lady rollers, you know. Um, I even had Netflix with the lady rollers and it was beautiful, you know. I'm, You know, what I want people to know, too, is that. By me being on Netflix, it helps a lot. I have a lot of people coming to my city. I love my city. And I'm going to say this. I love my city, the good, the bad, and the ugly. I love it. You know, and I want people to know that, you know, I have people coming from all over the globe. Um, Netflix explained to me that they enjoyed the show and that my the Netflix street uh, street food is in 192 countries. Mm. And believe it or not, they are not lying because guess what? A lot of people from all over, I mean, Italy, Australia, Hong Kong, Africa. I've, the first call was from Africa mm. and he booked his flight and he came. I have pictures, you know, from everybody that come. They want to take a picture with Miss Linda. They wants to take a picture with me. And I appreciate that. I really, really appreciate that. And when I tell you the United Kingdom, um, Paris, Egypt. I just talked with a lady day before yesterday from Egypt. And I told her, I'm coming. <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> Morocco, uh, Dubai, everybody from all over the world, India. They got people from India, and they got nothing. Everybody in the United States has come to see me. And, you know, I want my city, you know, I appreciate it because they're coming to my city, and they're coming not only enjoying me, they're coming to enjoy the city of New Orleans. 
And that's what I like. They're not only eating my food, they're eating other people's food too in the city of New Orleans. And this is something, that's that culture. And that's something that I love doing. And I send them to a lot of people. Not only the Yakimi now, I send them other places too. <laughs> but you don't just make yakamine too. I, you know, and you make some of my favorite dishes. I mean, my that kids grew meat. up that crab meat dressing, <laughs> that gumbo. Like that. Yes. You know, we were talking earlier. You know, sometimes we get in the. Uh, you I know, win we a just lot always of contests. You always, you know, you you win contests for gumbo, yeah, everything. You know, and there's different types of gumbo in New Orleans. Yeah, I, I you won know, the, there's downtown, there's uptown. Town, yes, you know, I it's want a you, difference. It's a difference. What's yeah. the what's the difference? Tell us what's well, the difference. The, the difference is Creole and uptown. <laughs> Creole. Well, the Creole is like from that what, six and seven one. Six, seven one. And that's the Creole gumbo, you know. And some people say um it's the uh I think it says the okra. Then some say it's the the red gravy. And I remember um when they do that red gravy, some put the the paste in it, you know, just to turn it red. And for what I can understand too, it'd be the sausage, you know, like the Volkasan sausage. Volkasan sausage that turn it red, something like that, you know. Yeah, I like that, you know. Uh, but the uptown, downtown, and the uptown, it's a just a dark root. That's what we we did. We did. And that's what I grew up on, making sure that I brown that root to a dark brown. And then, you know, you just start putting your flavor in it, your seasoning and your meats and stuff. And see me, I do a kitchen zinc. Call it the kitchen zinc gumbo. <laughs> and they ask what that kitchen zinc is. And I tell them that's everything that go into a gumbo. And I mean everything. <laughs> I mean chicken, gizzard, hot sausage, ham, um, you know, smoked sausage, beef meat. I mean everything. Chicken necks, chicken legs. Yeah. Well, we, what do you? I know in. you love TikTok because I always catch you looking on TikTok. <laughs> Girl, <laughs> so what? Wait a minute. What do you? What do you? What do you? How do you feel when you see people putting hot dogs in their gumbo oh my God. Or, or some of the hot other gumbo? I never. Th- you know what? And I told Zella this today. I remember years ago, uh, we have a um, cross the river called Algiers, and. Uh, <laughs> I remember this guy used to work at this grocery store. He was a butcher. And he his gumbo was delicious. Oh, my God, it was so good. But then when I started eating it, and when I pulled a spoon up and was getting ready to put it in my mouth, I seen a wiener in there. And I stopped. I said, wait a minute, what this is? <laughs> and he told me that was a hot dog. <laughs> I said, wait a minute, I can't eat this. But it scared me because I've never seen that before. But what I found out that the people like in Bell Chase and stuff like that, they use hot dogs. A lot of people use hot dogs in their wieners. I never, when I was growing up, we never had that. We never did that. We never did that. No hot dogs. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. <laughs> we never did that. But that's what a lot of people do. You know, different 
counties, you know, like Bell Chase and oh, Edgar, Louisiana. Those, those people, they, they do all of that. Yeah. And nowadays, you know, you got a lot of you got a lot of different foods coming up now. Lots and lots of different food. You know, everybody is throwing, you know, putting things together. And you got people really like that. You got a lot of people like that throw together stuff, you know. But I'm old school. That's what I am. And I'm going to stick with my old school. I love my old school because not only that, I have a crawfish macaroni and cheese. You know, just make kills you slap it. your mama. Is is you know, I have a, a shrimp and crab meat dressing. I have a smothered duck. I do alligator and the yaka meats. I do all types of yaka meat. I do beef, shrimp and beef. I do duck. I do alligator. I do crawfish yaka meat. I do uh pork chop yaka meat. Smoked sausage yaka meat. I do chicken yaka meat. I do a veg now at Jazz Fest. I do the vegetarian and I do the beef yaka meat at Jazz Fest. I meant to tell you too. Um, you know Tabitha Brown. Uh, the I've heard of her. Yeah. Um, she's she was doing a review or something on. Uh, they got vegan eggs out now, and they look just like vegan eggs. And a, really? And my daughter, she had some, and she said, oh, we got to tell Miss Linda about this. The she vegan put egg? In the vegan yeah, you yeah, have to tell me that. <laughs> I'm going to have to get that. <laughs> yeah, that would be nice for me when I do Jazz Fest. Yes, indeed. And yes, I would, indeed. because you know why? Because a lot of them, I make some with egg and I mix them without mm. because a lot of people don't like the egg. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of them will tell me we don't eat it. So what they do when they say, give me a, a vegetarian without the egg and I'll, you know, give them to uh, the vegan yakami too. But I'm glad you told me that. Yeah, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you try it. It was really good. I yeah. said, I said, this tastes like, I said, this tastes really good. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was that's shocked. good. I'm glad. You know, and um, I think what it is too, that I do all the festivals in the city of New Orleans. I do them all. And I'm going right back to what I say, because it's my livelihood and I have to pay bills. And a lot of people used to always tell me, you all over the place, you all over the place. But the reason why I'm all over the place, because I have a family and I have to pay bills, and that's the reason. But I think, you know, just because I'm such a huge supporter and you have so many fans around you that just love you so much, I want you to have your own show one day. I really do. I you would need like your that. own show. I, I would mean, like that. Because you are hilarious. <laughs> you are hilarious. They say I'm just funny. a whole personality. <laughs> they say I'm funny. I'm putting that out into the universe. So. Yeah, they say I'm funny. Um, and another thing, too, which y'all have to understand and realize, I love what I do. I love cooking. I love it. You know, um, since I was cooking with my mom, you know, my mom did catering. My mom cooked for uh, St. Francis DCL Catholic Church. She was the one that when she did banquets for the church, she made sure that they had cold drinks machines and stoves, refrigerators. She was the one, she was the lady that made sure like three o'clock in the morning when Mr. Charles Hamilton, he was the president of Zulu Social and Pleasure Club, Mardi Gras. Before they hit the floats, my mother was the lady that fed them at Lionel's Green Room. 
She was the lady that did that. She was the lady that cooked and catered for Judge Israel Augustine's and all the judges back there on Tulane and Broad. She was the lady that cooked for Silas Lee, our post poster. She cooked for his mother every Wednesday, made sure she had the greens and cornbread and a family on St. Charles and State. They had on Thursday, they had greens and cornbread. My mama did all of that. And I helped her do all of that. And I'm sure your mom is so proud of you. I'm you know? sure. But you know what she is, yeah? Yeah. She said it before she died. What did she say? She told me, she said, you know, she told me, she said, girl, I know what you're doing. I said, you know what I'm doing? She said, yeah. She said, I'm so proud of you. But like I had to explain to her is that I got everything from you. Mm. I got everything from you. My mother was a little short, humble lady. Mm -hmm. Very kicks. Mm -hmm. I think I got that from her. (laughs) (laughs) I think so. Yeah. But um, I enjoy what I do. I really, really enjoy it. Um, I do have a lot of people. I got a lot of fans. And I'm going to say this. I need to say this. I I was sick. I guess I'm still a little sick, but the thing is this. As I've been relaxing myself, I'm realizing who I am now. Mm. I never knew who I was because since Katrina and before Katrina, I always was busy. But I was busy every week up until now. I'm still busy. But, I mean, I was busy. I never had a rest. Mm. And Zella said 20, but it's over 30-something years. Mm. I never had a rest. And now I'm resting a little bit now, and I'm beginning to know who Miss Linda the Yakami lady is now. What a blessing. Yeah, I am knowing who I am now. And I have people. um, I had a little young guy that delivered uh, a package to my house yesterday and told me, see, Miss Linda. I said, yes, Jordan. He said, I seen your Netflix. I said, you seen? I said, did you enjoy it? He said, I loved it. He said, but Miss Linda. I said, what, Jordan? He said, why you didn't tell me I was going to cry? I said, you <laughs> cried? He said, I was boohooing, Miss Linda. I said, well, you enjoyed it then, because that's what everybody, uh, look at the Netflix, and a lot of people relate to my story. One of the things that yeah. was also included in that series, you know, and that I was so, I'm still proud of you about, because, you know, Yakamine, the flavor that you put in is you have your own seasoning blend that yes, is off the chain. Yes. It is off. She don't share it with nobody. I even asked her for just a pinch of it, just so I could put it in my food. <laughs> she won't even give it to me. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then you also have Yakamari. Got Yakamari. That yes. Bloody Mary mixed with Yakamine seasoning it's is like, off oh the chain. God, oh crazy. my God. That's the best, one of the best cocktails I've it's ever had. Out. And you won, and you won an award for it, if I'm not mistaken. I you won, won the Bloody Mary, was it the Bloody Mary Festival? Yes, I won the Bloody Mary contest. And the thing about it, I even won a sushi contest, you know, <laughs> sushi yakimi. But the thing is this, um, I and went you on Chopped. Let's not even forget, we saw you on Chopped back in the yeah, day. Yeah, I was one of the first, I was the first person in New Orleans to win Chopped. Yes. Right. 
uh, for the Food Network channel. I won um, the vegan. I'm always winning the gumbo contest. I won the vegan contest, the vegan gumbo contest. I won that. It's a lot of contests that are wing walls. Uh, the Bloody Mary uh, contest I won. I won the judges, and I won the People's Choice Award. So they gave me two awards that day. You know, um, I'm always winning contests. Uh, I don't enter them anymore. And a lot of people ask me why. I say, well, let somebody else win. I know that sounds crazy, you know, but I have a lot of awards. And I have a lot of awards that I don't even tell people about, you know. But I'm all right. I'm all right with that. And what I do enjoy, I enjoy the upcoming chefs they got. The young ones, I talk to them. I get, get together with them and talk to them about some of the do's and the don'ts. Because that's what, um, when I did get a chance to talk to Leah Chase, Miss Leah, and um, Miss T. Eva, Miss Dunbar, you know, they open me, they open with their arms open wide and they talk to me. And they explained to me about the do's and the don'ts when I came on this culinary circle. You know, I, I didn't go to college for this. I worked as the cafeteria lady. And I worked my way up to become a chef. That's how I did that. I didn't get no degree. I really, you know, I didn't do that. But I'm just, I am a chef. And that's what they classify me as now. What's your mother's full name? Shirley May Green. You went to Shirley May Green, Green University. <laughs> that's what I, and that's what they asked me. And that's what I told them, Shirley May Green University, Mama Georgia University. That's what I did. My auntie, you know, and, and see my auntie, it was something about her okra. You know, when you cook an okra, it always break up. Mm -hmm. It was her okra that she grew in her backyard, that when she cooked it, her okra didn't break up. And I always wondered how and why, mm. but it was the way she cooked it. Mm. And um, I never liked okra until she stopped cooking it. Mm. Yeah, never liked it, but she, my auntie, my mom, her sister, it was her only sister, their mother and my grandmother and her daughter, Aunt Nettie, you know, we was a close-knit family, and they loved cooking. They loved to cook. And we all gathered in the kitchen. Everybody gathered in the kitchen and sit down and shoot the breeze. Yeah. Do you, but, do you well, think that New Orleans food is changing? I mean, you know. Yeah, it changed. It's, it is changing. Because some of the things that they eat now, we didn't, we didn't eat back then. Mm -hmm. We didn't eat none of that stuff that they got now, but you have your younger generations and they like it. You have your young chefs. I, I mean, I love what they do. I love it. And um, they're doing good with it. I guess my question is, how how do younger generations preserve the past? Because, you know, like you said, you didn't want your your mother's recipe to go to the grave. No, no, you know. Indeed. So how do how how does this generation preserve you know that what old they school do? flavor, <laughs> that old school techniques? 
Well, you got a lot of them is doing new things now. And um, some of the old, let me tell you, like some of our old school flavors, um, what they're doing, they're adding to that. They are adding. Mm -hmm. You know, I watched, I'll be on TikTok and I'll be watching it. Some of the stuff they be adding, I say, look what I be saying. Ooh, ooh, I ain't know you could do that. <laughs> and then I say, well, Gracie, Gracie, go on and say, you could do it, you could do it, you could do it. <laughs> Baby, they doing some stuff. I'm serious. And I be looking, you know, but like I say, I'm sticking to my old school flavor because people like smother duck and smother chicken and you know stuff like that smother pork chops mm, you know hungry. greens and cornbread and red beans and rice and white beans people love that people looks for that stew with potatoes and you know carrots and stuff like that roasts people love that you know, this is something like Monday. My mom, on a Monday, my mama had red beans and rice. On a Tuesday, she had white beans and rice. On a Wednesday, it was meatballs and spaghetti. Thursday, it was something like a potluck. But we had meatloaf or we might have a rib. On a Friday, it's seafood. Mm. Saturday, you can get you some yak and meat. And getting ready to look at wrestling, we're going to have yak and meat. If we don't have yak and meat, we have... What, hot dogs, tacos with the kids and stuff. And on a Sunday, it's going to be stewed hen or roast, mm. stewed chicken. Mm. That's what we're going to have. Mm. And that's how it was. That's how, that's how it was in my family. Mm. We did that. My mama did that. And she cooked every day. Even though she cooked for the church, look, leave and cook at home and then go straight to the church and cook Every Sunday at the coffee house at San Francis D. Cell Catholic Church, that's where my mother was cooking. Every Sunday. I used to say this. Now, y'all don't get upset with me when I say this. I say they go beaving and wobbing, you know, when they be getting off their knees, going back on their knees, and then go straight to the coffee house and sit down and eat smothered chicken and stewed chicken. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what they used to do. Mm. And I used to help her with that. Mm. Yeah, love. My mother served under five priests, under five priests, and when she died, all of them preside over her oh, at San Francisco. Yes, ma'am. I called Father Robert L. Gus in New Jersey, and I told him my mom passed. He said, "Don't do nothing till I get there." Mm. And he got there, and he presided over my mother. That's, That's right. He did that. So, you know, I'm, I'm very grateful. I'm honored that, you know, my mom taught me a lot. Because my mother, one thing that my mother taught me, and I try, not try, I do tell my kids this, you know, in order for you to respect other people, you have to respect yourself first. And then you can respect everybody around you. And that's something that Miss Shirley always instilled me. And I do. I respect everyone. That's what I do. I respect everyone because I want respect back. You know, I'm a, I'm what you call a loner. I'm a home type person. You know, I'm, um, 
always was by myself, always be by myself. And I love that. You know, it's nothing that I don't want to be bothered with anybody. It's just that's the way I was because I was the only girl and it was just me and my brother. And he was 10 years older than me. So it was just me and my mom, my auntie, my grandmother and all my other aunties because I was the child that traveled. You know, while my mama worked, I always go by my different Auntie Gertrude and Auntie Normally. I was the, I was the always Auntie Nettie, Auntie Glory. I was the child that traveled and I'm the child that know all the history of everybody household. <laughs> Good, bad, and ugly. <laughs> I know, because they talk about it now. My cousins and them, girl, you know everything about everybody. I say, I sure do. <laughs> I need to put this on tape recorder. <laughs> I'm serious, but I did fall down sick and I had to put things back a little bit, like my Bloody Mary. I have a yak, it's called Yaka Mary, and it's going in all of the stores at Rouse's. And I appreciate Mr. Downey Rouse's senior and them, uh, and Marcy and all of them, you know, treating me. You know, and, and telling me that whenever I get ready, just take care of myself right now. And when I get ready, they're still going to be there for me. And I appreciate that because that's a dream of mine. It's put my Yaka Mary in the store. And I just found out how we could put the, uh, the Yaka meat in store. That was the first to go in the stores. But then the Yaka Mary started, um, we started bottling it up. So uh, Yaka Man and Yaka Mira are going to go into the stores. And that's something that I, I can't wait. I just can't wait. And it, and I'm more than sure it's going to be right after Jazz Fest. Because I am doing Jazz Fest. I'm doing French Quarter Festival. And I am doing Cajun Zydeco Festival at Armstrong Park on the 24th and the 25th. I would be at Cajun Zydeco. Y'all heard that, huh? Miss Linda is going to be at all the festivals and for festival season right here in New Orleans. So you all can look oh. forward to her. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, and I'm going to be at Top Taco. Okay. With my boyfriend, Shane. <laughs> <laughs> Top Taco, Shane. Um, <laughs> so I asked you to be on this podcast. This is the first podcast that I'm launching uh, from my uh, podcast with Heritage Radio Network called Culture and Flavor. Any advice you have for me just looking forward, you know, I mean, I, you know, all the people I know and who I'm going to bring on the podcast. But, right. You know, what what are your hopes for the listeners to learn about, you know, this podcast and just me as the host? Oh, my God. You my daughter. <laughs> you my child. Um, I tell them. See, she's a loner, too. She don't she do not express the things that she do. But I'm going to tell you somehow I met her. She helps all of the chefs that need help. She helps them, you know, uh, with the Dillard Rachel's program. And that's something how I met her. She let me in Dillard University, Dr. Kimball and them, they let me come in and use their kitchen. And I appreciate them 
let me do that. But not only me, she let chefs, any chef that want to be a part of Dillard Ray Charles program, she's going to open up her owns to them. She, she recognized a lot, a lot, a lot of chefs, uh, authors, cooks. She, she recognized everybody. And that's something that, uh, she got to come out her shell. Now with this podcast, I really believe that's what's going to happen because I tell people, me, I tell people, I say she's a professor. She's the chair of the Ray Charles program. And I tell her that all the time because a lot of people didn't know that Ray Charles was a cook besides a singer, you know, and this is something that he dreamed of. So she's a part of that. And she is willing and able to put that out, but she don't, she don't say very much, you know, she, she do a lot, but she don't say very much about that. And I want everybody to know about the Dillard Rachel's program. I tell you that all the time. I know, I know. All the time, <laughs> I do, because I see the things that she do for people. I mean, a lot of young, and that's my thing with a lot, I want to work with a lot of young chefs. You know, a lot of them want to work with me. And, you know, I didn't have the time in the beginning. I worked with some, but I just didn't have the time because I was doing my livelihood. But now, you know, I want to be able to, you know, help some and, you know, and encourage them, you know, to do what they're doing. Because I'm telling you, they got it going on now. They got it going on. And I'm so proud of proud of a lot of these chefs out here. I'm very, very proud of them. And they're doing their thing, you know. And another thing, too, what I'm mostly proud of now is that they're getting their paperwork together. That's what I'm proud of, you know. Uh, they, a lot of them used to think that they can do things without paperwork, but you can't do it because you know, a lot of people be trying to report them. And like I tell them all the time, go get your paperwork. I was one of them. I didn't have my paperwork, uh, what, 30 years ago? People used to call up on me. But I, I sure appreciate all of them that call up on me because guess what? They made me go get my, they made me go get my paperwork. And I got everything, state, federal, everything, <laughs> state, look, city, everything. I got it all, you know, and I appreciate that. And make sure you get yourself served. You got to get that. Because like one of my producers at Jazz Fest always tell me these words. Her name is Michelle Nugent, and I talk about her at every, every interview. She could sleep good at night. I say it now. I could sleep good at night because I ain't killing nobody. Oh. <laughs> and that's what she said. And I tell the youngsters about that. Make sure you know your temperatures in your food. Because let me tell you something. You're going in somebody's body. And that's my thing right there. That's my thing. I know what I have to have. I know what I got to give you. You understand? But I don't want to kill you. 
No, indeed, I don't. So I, I want a lot of them to know, get your paperwork together, you know, and you'll be able to go and do this and handle your business. And you can hold your head up proudly and with a big old smile on your face and say, I got that. That's right. But Zella, no. She got to, I told Zella to put that, that Ray Charles, I tell her everywhere I go, I tell everybody about the Ray Charles program at Dilla University. I love you. I just have I to do. say that. I do. You I know tell I everybody. Love you. You know I, I love tell you. everyone. <laughs> yeah. And you know something, like I said before, a lot of people, you know, you know, Zella coming out her shell now. And I'm very proud of her because... You know, she got, this is her first podcast, and I'm very, very grateful and honored that I'm the first person to do this. You know, I'm very honored. Um, and she's going to have, she, look, Zella know a lot of people, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she do. She know a lot of people. And believe me, she's going to have a a very, very successful podcast. Because a lot of people from all over the world is going to come and get on her podcast. Because they come to Dilla Rachel's over there and do little uh, interviews with her. So I know she's she's straight. Thank you. I love yeah, you. Yeah, I love you too. But we're going to get that Rachel's program out here. <laughs> Y'all heard her, huh? That's, That's my right. mama. That's, That's my right. mama. She I always gonna cheerlead for me. Listen, <laughs> I'm not sitting up here just saying this. I tell Zella this all of the time. And you know, I look at myself too. It's a lot of things that um I need too, you know. But I I don't know if I should say this, but I say it. You know, <clears throat> it's a lot of things that you want to keep to yourself. But then I need it out uh, to have people be asking me about my my seasoning. My seasoning is a trade secret. I found this out that you cannot patent a recipe. You have to trade secret it. And that's what I did. I, I trade secret the Yakimi seasoning and the Bloody Mary and the Yakimi. They are trade secret. And they got a lot of people. I mean, they have people call me up and ask me, can I send the recipe to them Why they can cook it? <laughs> and I have to tell them, I'm so sorry. It's a trade secret, you know. And uh, I got to put a heart behind it. Because <laughs> I love y'all. And th- what do you always say that has me cracking up? When you say, uh, you always have me rolling. you ask you, oh, what do you put in there? You say, oh, just a little salt and pepper. <laughs> salt and pepper and love. <laughs> and they ask me, say, oh, well, then um, you think you can give me some of that? I say, well, if I give it to you, I got to kill you. <laughs> you got to go. <laughs> they be falling out. They be laughing down. The open little look at them. You know they have um, they have a lot of people. You know that I like. I say I'm just realizing that a lot of people love me, and uh, and I mean genuine love me. Um, when when I did this Netflix, I mean they just 
fell in love with the story and they related. A lot of people related to the story. Uh, and what I like about it is what I love about it is that they come in here and they look, they didn't already them book their flights. <laughs> they didn't they, they call me. I got it all down, written down. I didn't book my flight in April. I'm coming. Oh, I got one in March. Like I said before, they're on 2304 Washington Avenue right now. Doing yakimi, crawfish, macaroni and cheese, bread pudding. And, you know, I think what it is, too, and I appreciate that everything that I touches and I put my hand on with cooking, everybody love it. I mean, everybody like the taste. The taste is good. Um, I'm green. My name is Linda Green. And they love my greens because they call it green greens. They love that. They love the macaronis. They love the, what, the smothered duck, the shrimp and beef yakimi. You know, they love that combination. Oh, my God, they love that. Um, everything I cook, jambalaya, what, bread pudding. My bread pudding do best bite every, every year at Jazz Fest. And my favorite. What? That crab meat? No, I don't need a crab meat dressing. <laughs> Everybody you know, like I that can, crab meat. I, I'll ask her for a whole tray of crab meat dressing. Everybody loves that. But a, a secret, and we're going to talk about that soon. Which one? Once, once we make the announcement later. Okay. But your oyster cream gumbo. Oh, my God. Mm. But you know that oyster cream gumbo is from Nellie Murray. Mm-hmm. And you have to give her that props. When Zella did... The um, Nellie Murray feast. Zella Palmer did the Nellie Murray feast uh, for Miss Lil Chase. She did that. And they asked me what I do, the oyster cream gumbo. And believe me, I was excited to do it. Uh, I read her recipe and I did it exactly like she did. But I put a little something in it and... That night, over there by the Cummins in Old Metairie, they talked about Miss Leah Chase and that oyster cream gumbo. It was off the. That's chain. all they talked about. That was the best gum. That was the best oyster cream. It's gumbo delicious. Oh my god! That's all they talked about was Miss Leah Chase. Even Miss Leah Chase told me, and her grandson Duck. He said, "Oh my god, this is so." Delicious. That's right. And every scoop you pull, you pulled up an oyster. Mm. Yes, it was. De- it's a delicious, you know. And I love doing that. You know, it, it it's good. It was good. Well, I want to thank you for joining us on my first podcast for Culture and Flavor. You are an icon, a legend. I want your legacy to live on and on and on. So I'm hoping that it, this this uh you know. This interview will go far and, you know, someone will say, hey, let's give Miss Linda a show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, I've always, I want to see her rested, loved on and, you know, on, 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 on TV screens all over the world because she is, you know, she's just um, a treasure and we love her in New Orleans. We love her all over the world. So, you know, and 
She is um, loved in our family. You know, she she helped me raise my boys. Um, they grew up on yakamine, crab meat dressing, you know, cornbread or whatever, you know, all of it. So I appreciate yes. you so, so, so much. Thank you so much. I appreciate you um, for doing the things that you do. You know, like I said, you help. You is a treasure. And the city don't really know who you is. But the city need to know who you is, Zella. Don't make me cry. No, I'm serious. You, I have seen you behind help. the scene. <laughs> How, you, you, Howard, you know, y'all, y'all help. You know, y'all put things out there, you know, and that's something, you know, I want to get with him too. I got to get with him. Mm-hmm. You know, I know he's been doing his thing, you know, just like everybody been doing their thing, you know. And like I said, my, my health has stopped me for a minute. And I'm getting all of that together now, so I'll be able to, you know, do the things that I want to do. And between now and the end of this year, everything should be on top notch. Awesome. Yes, yes, yes. But like I say, you, I, I really believe this is this is not the end for you because you, you she's very smart, y'all. <laughs> Very, very, very smart. She is. She's smart. She gonna make me blush. No, y'all. she come from smartness. Her mother, her mother was Senator Alice Palmer. Her daddy, Mister Buds Palmer. Yeah, she come. Her grandmother and them from out the Seven Wall. Yeah, she's very, very intelligent. Love you. That's why that I don't know God. God put me and this young lady together. That's right. He put us together. Yes, right. And and it's nothing that I would never ever. I would always, anytime she called me, I'm gonna always be there for her, no matter what. I love you. She know that. I love you. Yeah, I love you too. And I thank y'all for listening. Uh, this is, you know, a wrap for Culture and Flavor with Zella Palmer. And thank you, Miss Linda Green, the Yakamine lady, for joining us on our first podcast. And thank you, Heritage Radio Network. Peace. Thank y'all. I enjoyed Culture and Flavor is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. Keep in touch at heritageradionetwork.org slash subscribe.